Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Uh, All right. Um, okay, I was having a little bit of trouble with it today. So hopefully it hopefully it all goes smoothly and hopefully we don't have any interruptions this time. Okay. All right. Um, okay, everybody. So this is uh, the fourth episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Uh, today is August 4th, I believe. I have a guest speaker with me today. His name's James. Uh, I'm going to put his Instagram at in the bio of this episode. So everybody make sure to uh, give him a follow after this episode is over. And we'll just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, today's a little bit of a special episode. Uh, we're going to be going over uh, the new ACC schedule that was released for Louisville. Uh, they released it for every ACC team. We do have one non-conference game that we have to fill. Um, everybody says it's going to be Western Kentucky. Some people think it's going to be Murray. But it will be one of those two teams. Uh, we're not going to speak on that today just because we're not exactly sure who we're going to play. Um, so, James, if you're ready, we're going to get right into it. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, great. So we'll start with the five home games first. Uh, just so everybody knows, this is a 10-game conference-only schedule that we're going to be reading off of. First game is FSU, Florida State. Um, I would have liked to beat them last year. I think we should have beat them last year. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Des Fitzpatrick, he had a great game. Uh, 2-2, I remember he played okay, had a couple drops. Um, it was a very winnable game. And over the past few years, we've had we've had some really good games with Florida State. Uh, they've got shoot. Who did who did they hire from from Memphis? Oh, their new coach. Yes. Um. So we'll see how they do. Uh. What do you What are your thoughts on that game? Uh. I I really thought that we should have beat them last year. Uh. What was the score? Twenty four to thirty five. Yeah. It was. I think it was either a nine or eleven point game. It was really close. Yeah. It was super close. I honestly thought we had that. I mean. It, it was just really tough. And we kind of fought back because I remember in the first quarter, we were down 21 nothing, And we kept climbing back. We shut them out in second and third quarter. And then we allowed two touchdowns fourth quarter. I mean, I, I thought we had that in the bag, honestly. Yeah, but For sure. Me too. And I remember um, their kicker. I think it's I think it's Aguayo. I think it's uh, one of the Aguayo brothers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I know it's not Roberto because he's yeah. the one that got kicked from – or not kicked, but cut from the uh, Buccaneers. But I right. remember it was right. the other Aguilo brother. That, right, it's yeah. his little brother. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember he, he missed like four field goals. And after that third or fourth field goal he missed, I was like, man, we, we've got to pull this out. And we just couldn't do it. I mean, we, we ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. I mean, we we like you said, we shut him out in the second and third. And we just – I think we were we were out of gas. Our guys were burnt. We didn't have a lot of depth from the defense, so I think all that played into it. But I'm with you. We we definitely should have pulled that game off. But the the slow start, the 21-0 start that we we let them have, that was not easy to come back from. No, not at all. And uh, Mikael Cunningham, he had a good game in my opinion. He went, I think, 16 for 26, 16 for 27, something like that. Yeah. He had about he had, he had almost 300 yards passing with. I think two touchdowns, maybe one interception. Uh, he didn't have a bad game, but everybody else, they, they could have had a better game. But you know, overall, it wasn't a horrible loss. No. No, I don't think so. I just – it would have been nice for us to pull out that game just because, um, you know, the way it ended in 2018, uh, you know, we had such such a horrible year. I don't even want to talk about it with 
uh, Petrino. And I just remember that that Florida State game. We actually had that game in the bag too, but uh, Puma threw that interception at the last second, and that really blew it for us. So I would have I would have loved to get that win. Yeah, I, I really don't want to talk about the 2018 season. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have brought it up, but, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think we'll get them this year. I mean, it's not going to be an easy game by any means, but we have them at Cardinal Stadium. Um, who knows if we have fans or not, but, you know, either way, it's in the hometown. They have to travel. We're in our hometown, um, you know, our stadium, our field. I, I feel good, but but by no means is it going to be an easy game. No, not at all, but uh, honestly, I, I feel really, really good with um, that offense, man. I mean, the offensive line could get a tad bit better, but other than that, I think every other position is oh, pretty yeah. solid. For sure. And then the, the Makai Becton loss, that was obviously a pretty significant loss. But, I mean, Dwayne Ledford, the offensive line coach, I seriously believe he's one of the best uh, line coaches in the country. I think we got a total steal when we hired him from NC State. Yeah, he's up there. And um, I forgot it, who he produced from NC State, but or if he even did. But regardless, it, he's a total upgrade from what we had prior yeah. to him. He. I think he really stepped it up for us, and I think he brought a lot to the table that we didn't have before. Yeah, and I think he did produce a, a first-round center that you're thinking of. I think it's like Garrett Bradbury or something from NC State. I can't think off the top of my head. That that sounds right, though. Yeah, I think it was Bradbury or something, something like that. I do remember uh, his, his second to last year or his last year um, in NC State, he, he, did, he did produce a first-round center. But I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, not going to be an easy game. Uh, Florida State, I've always said that that's kind of like a, a rivalry starting to brew. It's young, and they've, um, you know, they've they've had some good performances against us, and we've had some good performances against them. But uh, I, it's going to be a good game regardless. I mean, it's always fun to play them. Lots of talent between us two teams. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm interested to see how uh, Mike Norvell, their new coach, does. So it'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next home game that we've got here is Miami. Um, I think everybody remembers last season we played Miami. Uh, it was a pretty um, lopsided game. I've always felt like that was just a total dud game for us. Other than Kentucky, I think that was the worst performance that we had played all season. By far. Um, yeah, I mean, we just – nobody showed up. I mean, the offensive line got dominated. If you remember, I think that was the game Makai Becton actually broke his toe. And that kept him out a few games, and that just – it crumbled the whole offense. We had some drops on the on the receiver core. McHale didn't play great, and then the defense just – you know, they couldn't keep up. It was – I think it was a fluke game. Um, I know they always have a lot of talent in Miami. Manny Diaz, he, you know, a lot of people have different opinions about him. But, you know, regardless, you can't deny his ability to recruit and pull in talent. But, I mean, you know, what, what are your thoughts about that last, that last uh, time we faced them in this past season? Um, I mean, when we obviously when any team heads down to Miami and plays in Hard Rock Stadium, uh, it's kind of a tough game to play because you're in Miami and you're in the same stadium as the Dolphins. You're playing Miami, the U. You're playing the U. But um, honestly, it, it just comes down to playing. And when we played, I mean, it it just wasn't good at all. It, Mikhail Cunningham at the time. It, Mikhail Malik, I forget which one it is. It's Malik now, but um, he didn't necessarily have a horrible game. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the voice crack. Oh, yeah. 
Um, it didn't necessarily have a bad game. It was just, it was just confusing because the rest of the offense wasn't really, I mean, producing. I mean, they weren't working together. Yeah, Atwell, he had a great game in my opinion. Six, I think it was six grabs, hundred forty wow. yards, a touchdown. Wow, yeah. Um, that wasn't bad at all. Uh, Javon Hawkins, I think he had fourteen carries for ninety yards. And that that wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad number. Ninety yards is not. I mean that's Hassan, not the profit. Yes, uh, Hassan Hall six carries, eighty yards, and Tutty. I mean that's not bad, but yeah. um, I, I remember Evan Conley went into the game, um, threw for hundred yards. He had a pick. Uh, it was just not a good game. The the part of the ball that really was bad was the defense. I think if the defense could have held down the points, then Louisville might have had a shot. But it was just every quarter, except for the fourth quarter, again, we shut out Miami in the fourth quarter. They had nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it it was just hard. I mean, they scored three in the first quarter, two in the second quarter, and then two in a field goal in the third quarter. You can't let that happen, and Louisville's offense at that time just in that game, I don't know what happened to them, but they were just frozen, and they couldn't come back from it. So we lost 52-27. to Yeah, it was not a strong performance, and I'm with you. I mean, you look at the individual statistics. Our guys, they didn't play bad. I mean, I do remember McHale getting subbed out, um, but, you know, 2-2 didn't play bad. Hawkins, like you said, had about 90 yards, and then Hassan Hall had a touchdown. So, I mean – like, you know, you look at these stats individually, you'd think that we we put up a good fight. But I'm with you. I think the defense really, you know, not to not to dog on our guys, but they, they weren't ready for that game. Um, I think physically Miami was probably a little bit more uh, advanced at that time of the, of the season than us. And I think they just kind of caught us off guard. I mean, we knew that that was not going to be an easy game going into Hard Rock. Like you said, it never it never is if you're traveling to Miami. Um, but but yeah, we I don't think we were ready. Uh, and this season, I don't I don't expect to see that again because Satterfield has faced he's faced Miami before, he's faced Diaz before. Um, they do have Derek King, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on him. The quarterback transfer from Houston, I think he's probably one of the better ACC QBs. Um, but but I think it's going to be a good game this year. Yeah, Derek King, he's a very good pickup for that Miami team. I I think. Um, Williams, the prior or current quarterback, whatever you want to say, yeah. if you prefer King over him, that's fine. But um, Williams, he wasn't horrible. But um, personally, I would like Derek King over Williams just because of the talent that King can create out of nowhere. Um, just watching the film on Derek King, wow. It's just incomparable to Williams. I, I would much rather have De'Ara King if I was um, Miami. Yeah. But, um, yeah, De'Ara King is going to be one of the hardest quarterbacks we face this year. And I think Louisville very much benefits – sorry for going off track, but You're all right. I, think, I think they benefit from what the ACC has given them this season due to the virus and everything. Oh, um, yeah. It, I agree. The two games that came out to me – that I was looking for on the schedule that I really wanted to see were Clemson and North Carolina. 
and Louisville doesn't play either. So right. I honestly yeah. think that we can play the season, and I'm not going to say we can go undefeated, but I mean it's really looking like we have a good chance yeah. if we can if the part cards play right. Like, oh right, yeah. And it, I was looking at the schedule, and like you know we play like I said we play Miami, we play Florida State, Virginia Tech. That's not an easy game. But the only game that I think we are the real underdogs is Notre Dame at South Bend. I think that's the only game where, you know, expert analysts and fans are going to be picking us to lose that game. And I still think that's a very winnable uh, matchup for us. Yes, when they announced that Notre Dame would be added to the schedule, um, my family, some of them are Notre Dame fans, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, I hope that we play them. I know it's going to be at home this year, but I hope we play them. And I've been saying for a long time, like, ACC needs to just take in Notre Dame, and Notre Dame needs to join us, and they need to get in a conference. I mean, yeah, they're Notre Dame, but they're not really special, in my opinion. If they're not the powerhouse they used to be, I I I think it's time that they join a conference. I'm not bashing on them. I'm not saying they're horrible, but I just believe that they're not like the Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State or any schools like that. They're Oklahoma, schools like that, that year after year go into the college football playoff. I I just don't think they line up towards them. I mean, they're not a bad team. It's just I, I really don't think that – I just don't think that they're just not on that level yet. I yeah, they're not on that level yet. You know, and and they're they're historic. They have a very storied program. They're, so in my opinion, players. one of the most storied. Um, oh yeah, colleges in the nation, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, you could argue for them possibly being in that number one or two spot. You know, I've got some friends that are Notre Dame fans, and they certainly think they're definitely up there. But again, like you said, you know, in today's world, in the modern game, they're they're just not on the same level as the Clemsons and the LSU's and the Alabamas of the world. So, yeah, and I mean, it's it's awesome. I think we are the underdogs going in that game. We go to play at South Bend up there. It's insane. I mean, touchdown, Jesus! You got the whole campus. I went there for personally a football um, camp. I stayed overnight for about three days, worked out with the coaches. Some D2 colleges came, talked to us and me and everything. I mean, if I was an opposing team coming into there, I I don't know how to react because everything is just – it's all old-fashioned. It's all – it's Notre Dame. It screams Notre Dame. It's yeah. no other – like no other college. But yeah, I definitely – Yes, I – yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, so we'll, we'll touch on that stuff later. Uh, you did mention Clemson and UNC not being on the schedule. We're going to come back to some of that stuff at the end of the podcast. But for now, let's continue with the, the, home, the home games. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the third game on our home schedule, and again, we don't, we don't know the actual dates and times of these games yet, uh, but we have Syracuse. So in my opinion, we almost always dominate Syracuse. Uh, they've had some good players in the past, but – I mean, just overall, I think Dino Babers is a great coach for Syracuse. I mean, I think he mm-hmm. gets the job done for what they try to accomplish. But at the same time, I don't really view Louisville and Syracuse. I don't I don't view our football programs to be similar, in all fairness. I mean, 
and no dis- no disrespect to them, but that's not a game we should lose. Yeah, definitely. And given that they went four and seven last season, um, it's reverse of our schedule or our record. Um, I, you know, I just don't see it matching up very fairly. We won kind of like how Miami beat us last year. We kind of beat Syracuse parallel to that. Um, yeah. I think we won 56 to 32, 34. Um, and they didn't have a horrible game. Uh, I mean, looking at the stats, it's not absolutely trash. Uh, it's just Louisville showed up in that game. Yeah. I mean, it, they absolutely showed up. I mean, that was the game that Malik Cunningham threw for five tutties and wow. 11 for 20, 238 yards, five touchdowns, and a pick. I mean, it's what more can you ask from them? It's, yeah. That's pretty good. And Javion Hawkins, again, 23 carries, 233 yards, and a touchdown. I saw in Hall. I could keep going on. I really don't want to <laughs> take yeah. up a lot of time, but I think we, year after year, um, we we definitely um, outnumber them in almost every category. Right, right, and there's no excuse for us to lose that game unless if they have, you know, just a, a, a you know a program changing player or they get some sort of you know influx of talent or, or something weird. There's not really a great excuse for us to lose that game. I remember I was at the Syracuse game last year. Um, I will say, you know, like you said, it was just a I mean, offense from everywhere. Uh, Hawkins had a great game, like you said. It was it was a really cold game, and it was raining for a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I, I will say at the end of the game when they were trying to throw the ball, that didn't benefit them. Um, but yeah, you know, at the same time they were they were already down like thirty. To be fair, so I mean, not that it would be you know a huge difference, but you know, in all fairness, I don't think the weather really benefited their their play style. Yeah, and. Um, they're rushing when they try to run the ball. They didn't too bad. Didn't too. Nah, my bad. They didn't do too bad of a job. Um, they're running back Neil number twenty one. I remember watching him. Uh, I think he ran for over one hundred fifty yards and a touchdown. Um, and their backup running back, he ran for about thirty yards on and got a touchdown. So I mean. When they were trying to run the ball, they weren't abysmal. They just it, – it just didn't work. Yeah. I think that just goes back to the, the same thing that we just talked about. Just We're just more talented. I mean, we're probably better – I mean, we are better coach. We, we have the – we just have the better team at the end of the day. And, again, it's not to be disrespectful to them. It's just that's – just that's just the facts. Honestly, yes. And I, I never try to bash teams or – um make fun of colleges but right. um this this definitely is like one of the games that there's no excuse we we should absolutely win this game yeah yeah that that should be a game that we we have no problems with and i don't i don't know if they're losing much this year or if they've gained some nice incoming freshmen but you know either way we shouldn't lose that game so um that's all we got for Syracuse the fourth home game that I've got written down here is Virginia Tech. I don't know about you, um, but that's a game I've really been looking forward to. They were actually on our original schedule before this 10-game uh, conference-only schedule was released by the ACC. Um, but I think I think it's going to 
be a good matchup. I know I know they have a good defense. Um, so their defense versus our offense, I think it's just going to be a great game. Yeah, and last year um, we didn't play them, and I, I was kind of glad. Um, at that time, I we probably could have gained another loss. Um, but honestly, we didn't play too bad of a game last year, or or excuse me, the last time that we played them. Uh, I don't remember the stats from that game at all. But yeah, I don't have much on that. I just know that Virginia Tech is they're one of those games that I'm very concerned about and I don't know if I just don't know cuz last time we yeah. played them we were absolute garbage right um it was 2018 and we we're at their house and I mean, we got beat 27 to 3 and yeah. It, Any game in 2018 is not gonna. It's not gonna be pretty for us. Yeah, uh, Juwan Paz. I remember. It's all coming back to me. The more that I talk about it, I remember he had no touchdowns. He had a pick, and um, he had like just above 100 yards passing. And I remember, uh, I think it's Bryce Perkins. He had he almost threw for 200 yards, but he had two touchdowns. In general. We didn't score to the third quarter, and we got a field goal. Like, it's just inexcusable, in my opinion. And we, it was scoreless the first quarter, and second quarter they scored six points. And then after that, touchdown, then touchdown, touchdown, third and fourth quarter. Um, honestly, if our defense kept held and kept holding them, um, and stopping them, I think it, we might have won the game. But again, that that was 2018. We it was Bobby Petrino football. I mean, it, we were just trash. Yeah, and he didn't. You know, Petrino didn't care about defense anyway. So a situation like that, you know, it's never going to end up well for us. But I, I'm with you. It's it's a little bit hard to just even know what you're going into when you haven't played a team in a while. You know, it's been it's been a couple of years since we've even faced Virginia Tech. I don't know a ton about them. You know, like you said, they won. Was it seven or eight games last year? Yeah, they they won seven or eight last year. Yeah, I know they played Kentucky in the bowl game and they lost on a last second touchdown pass. Um, they actually put up a really good fight, and you know that for for Kentucky style of play, just the the ground and pound, basically run behind your offensive line. I thought they did pretty well. So you know, without looking too much into it, that tells me that it's a pretty well conditioned team. Uh, they they probably know what they're doing, at least up front on the defensive line. And I'd say it's a pretty talented defense. And I, I've heard that their defensive backs are really well coached. Yeah, I've heard that a lot too. Um, in Virginia Tech, if we were playing at their house, I would feel um, – I would just feel much more uh, scared in my opinion. I, yeah. I really don't know how to feel about that because Virginia Tech is one of the best programs in the country by oh yeah by far. Um, yeah, and a game in Blacksburg, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen their their stadium there, but their fans go crazy. And, you know, we don't know what to expect for, for fan attendance this year, but, you know, 
either way, it's never an easy, it's never an easy trip. Yeah, ever. All right, so that's that's about wrapping it up for Virginia Tech. Uh, final thoughts on that? I mean, for me, it's gonna that's probably gonna be one of the best games of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, lots of talent on both sides. Both teams are well coached. You got anything to add to that? It's just going to, in my opinion, it's going to be one of the tighter games that we play. Um, Virginia Tech is one of the better well-rounded teams that we play in this ACC game, home or away, it doesn't matter. And in my opinion, Virginia Tech um, is probably one of the best well-rounded teams that we play this year and is one of the games that we really have to be um, conscious about. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and people say, like I've heard a lot of Louisville fans say, like, oh, this is an easy 9-1 schedule or – you know, maybe we maybe we drop two games and go eight and two or something like that just for in conference play. And I just keep thinking like, there's a few games on here like Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, Pitt. Like these games are not. This is not a cakewalk schedule by any means. Like, like yes, we got we. I think we got some good breaks. I think the ACC, the new schedule, I think it did us well. But at the same time, like you you can never sleep on a team like this. Like we've seen what happens if you sleep sleep on a program that's well coached in the past it never ends well yeah and I remember watching when Lamar was here in 15 16 17 and um there's always that one game every year that Petrino would just sleep on and um I believe it was 2016 it was Houston yes and And that that game blew the playoffs for us yes the wheels fell off of our of the team after that game and I stick with that I mean I think we would have probably at least had a crack at the playoffs if we would have just remained strong and, and played Louisville football during that game, but we didn't. Yes, and um, in my opinion, Houston, like what you said, we could we could have maybe went to the playoffs, but at the same time, I just don't know why or what happened. I mean, I went to that game, and I went to four or five other games Prior to that, it was the last game of the year. And as a coach, you can never look over any game at all. doesn't matter what level you're at. You're right. peewee, NFL, NCAA, high school. You, you can't look overlook any game. I remember one game uh, my team played last year. Uh, we looked over them. We thought we were better. And we struggled within the first half of the first quarter. And coach dogs were like, you got to get your stuff together. Like, we can't keep doing this. So, I mean, we just can't look over any of these games this year. There's definitely some tough games, but that's about all that I have for Virginia Tech. Yeah, VT is going to be a great game. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the fifth and final home game that I've got written down here is Wake Forest. That was obviously, in my opinion, that was the best game of last season, wouldn't you say? Yes. I mean – Wake Forest, defensively, <laughs> defensively, I mean, obviously, it wasn't the prettiest game on defense by any means. Um, I mean, a lot of players, they got some good tackles and interceptions. I think we got two picks that game. But, um, I mean, our offense, that was the best offensive game Louisville had probably since Lamar, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Um, I mean, when you points and you can 
keep the pedal to the metal. I mean, full 100% for the whole game. That's a good game. It was one of, if not the most entertaining game of the Louisville season last season. I mean, the defense, if we could have held them in the fourth quarter, this would have been a big blowout. Obviously, we didn't. Instead of beating them by – instead of beating them by a whole lot, we beat them by a field goal. Right. And 28 points were out in the fourth quarter. And um, it, it was just not pretty for the defense in fourth quarter, in my opinion. No, it, they, there's no way to spin it. I mean, again, I think it's kind of like what we talked about with the Miami game. We didn't have the depth that we needed. I think that's going to get better this season and as this uh, – as this program continues to build under coach Satterfield, just because the way Petrino left it, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing up Bobby Petrino, but just the way he left it, we were in, we were in a total hole that we had dug ourselves. And, um, you know, I think that game could have been more of a blowout really, just because we played so well on the offense, but again, we just didn't have fresh bodies to bring in for the defense. And, um, one more thing I did want to add, you know, a lot of people see the name Wake Forest and think, you know, it's a it's an academic school, not really great at sports. But no. they have some players, you know. Yes. They had Sage uh Surratt, I believe it is, the wide receiver. Yeah. He's getting he's getting first round draft hype and he's gonna be back this year. So like we we can't sleep on these these teams. Just like what we just talked about. I mean, there's some guys on every team that if you don't pay attention to them, they will punish you. They'll they'll make you pay. Yeah, definitely. And their quarterback, Jamie Newman. Um, I'd really like to touch on him. When he played us, um, I didn't expect a Wake Forest quarterback to throw 250 yards and three touchdowns. Right. Yeah, he yeah he had two picks against us. He threw two picks against us. But, I mean, 24-41, 250 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, if they're an academic school from, like, from, like you said, some people's standards – then why is he throwing 41 passes and completing 250 yards for three touchdowns? Right. And our defense, again, just like coaches can't look over any game, defenses can't say, oh, this team's trash, can't do anything. You don't know how they've been preparing the previous week, and you don't know how they've been looking forward to this game. I think Wake Forest was looking forward to this game because at the time they were 5-0. and We gave them the first loss of their season and we were three and two. We needed another win to get the things, get the wheels rolling again. And I remember I was, I was just sitting on my couch cause I didn't go to the game. Obviously it was, yeah. And uh, I was like, if we can give them their first loss and we can get a dub, like, I mean, we're going to move up in the rankings. I'm, I'm really happy with this team because at the time, after this game, the score was sixty-two to fifty-nine, and we were four and two. It was also my birthday weekend, and oh. I was happy that we won. Um, oh, but um, I mean, takeaways from it: this is one of the most surprising games of our schedule this year. If they can put up the talent that they did last year, in my opinion, I don't think they can. 
because I believe our defense has gotten a tad bit better since last season. Right, and our offense too. I mean, we're more experienced. Yes, it, Cunningham doesn't have to come out and let um, Evan Conley come in and take right, over right. like he did in the Wake Forest game or the Miami game. He doesn't have to do that. I think he's gotten more consistency with him uh, since last season. I think our offense is a better, well-rounded team. I think our defense has stepped up. So, do I expect Wake Forest to score 59? No. But I'm not going to say that they can't. I just don't expect it. Right. And there is one thing to keep in mind every time I think about Wake Forest. I go back to, you know, you got to remember Jamie Newman, their quarterback last year. He was an all-ACC guy. I think he made the all-ACC third team. You know, he transferred to Georgia. So they don't yep. have him anymore, and that's a pretty significant loss for one of the best, one of the better program quarterbacks that they've had recently. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think their quarterback now is Hartman. Hartman, uh, Sam, Hartman. Sam Hartman. Yeah, um, I think he's number ten. Um, he's six foot one, but in that game. I think he threw his stats were two touchdowns, 170 yards, and he was 9 for 15. I don't think that he's a bad quarterback. Uh, We definitely cannot sleep on him. But, yeah, in my opinion, this is one of the more exciting games, in my opinion. And Louisville fans should really be hyped up for this game. Yeah. Um, Sage Surratt. We don't know what he's going to do with our defense. I'm. It, he is probably one of the biggest weapons we are going to face this Absolutely. season. Yeah, he's one of the one of the best receivers, not just in the ACC. He's one of the top receivers in the nation. So, you know, Definitely. we can't on a guy like that. Um, yeah. And one one thing I did want to just mention: I've talked to a couple Wake Forest fans, um, just on Instagram and some things that I've seen on Twitter. Just some, you know, common things like that. And from what I'm getting, like, Sam Hartman's good. I mean, he's not great, but kind of the, the sense that I, I get from everybody that's talked about him, he's a guy that's not going to lose the game for you, but he's also not going to win the game for you. So he's, he's really a game-managing quarterback. He's very young. Um, he's, he's not very experienced. And he just has a, he has a long way to go in his quarterback career until he really makes a difference for a team. Yeah, definitely. And I, I saw that in some of his games that he played last year mm-hmm. um, or some of the plays that he played last year, my bad. But um, Hartman, he's he's not he's not going to be the sage Surratt of the game by any means. He's not going to be the guy who cranks it up. He's not going to be the guy that just turns the intensity up. Right. But he's also not going to be the guy who loses the game for you. He's definitely not going to be the guy that um, costs the game for you, in my opinion. He's a good game manager, and Louisville should definitely keep his wraps on him because if they don't, he's he's a game manager. He's going to manage the game against Louisville very well. Right. And, um, you know, in terms of this season, I think – I hope it's not as close as last year. I don't see it being that close just because, again, I think this is a team that we're overall much better than. But 
you know, like we've said, we can't sleep on these guys, and they have they have players. So just, you know, to the point of, you know, Hartman being a game manager, that's fine. But, you know, as an opponent, the issue that you have with that is when a game manager comes out and throws 300 yards and three touchdowns on you. Yeah. Because that, you know, obviously you're not doing something right if a game manager is, is putting up gaudy stats on you. And that's that is exactly how you lose games right there is is you let you let average players beat your team. Yeah, exactly. We we definitely cannot sleep on the way forest game. Just as I said about Virginia Tech and FSU at Florida State, I believe that uh, this is one of those games that Louisville fans should be excited for. And I don't think they should be as worried for this game as Virginia Tech. Right. Because we've changed a lot since we've played Wake, Wake Forest. We better defense, better offense. You cannot tell me that our defense has regressed since then. I think our defense has improved since then, in my opinion. And honestly, I think we get a dub. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, you know, again, not to be disrespectful to him, but this, I think this should be a win for us. Uh, would I be disappointed if we – if we walked out of this game with a, with a loss, I mean, honestly, I probably would. And I don't know, you know, obviously we have to see what they do in the season and what we do in the season leading up to this game. But I would just considering how much offensive firepower that we have uh, on our roster this year and the, the coaching and the, the added depth that we have on defense, I'd be a little bit disappointed if we lost this game, but that's not to say it's easy. Yeah, definitely. So my thoughts on that game is definitely can't look over it, but it's definitely a game that we should be surprised for and we should expect to win. But just don't be disappointed if we lose. They are a good team. Right. They yeah. they have they have a decent roster. It's not a bad roster. Yeah. It's just it's, not. It's not your average Wake Forest football team. Yeah, it's not your average Wake Forest football team. I, this team can play as we saw last year, 62 to 59. They can play. Right. Yeah. So sleep on Wake Forest at your own risk, but that should be a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to it. So those are our five home games for the in-conference schedule. Uh, Let me run through those real quick. We have Florida state, Miami, Syracuse, Virginia tech, and Wake Forest. So now getting into the away schedule, uh, our five games are Boston college, Georgia tech, Pitt, Notre Dame, and Virginia. So we'll go ahead and start with Boston College. Um, I'll let you start with that one. Okay. Um, Boston College, I believe that we can beat this team. Um, last year, uh, we, we really didn't pop out against them. Um, it was the game before Wake Forest, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think we were on a two-game win streak at that time. Um, maybe one game win streak. I forgot, but we ultimately won against Boston College. Uh, we came out forty-one thirty-nine, close win. Uh, two points, and honestly, it 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 lined up as if like it it was toe to toe the whole game. It was fourteen to seven first quarter. And then they scored 15, and we scored 14 second quarter. And then third quarter, 
They scored seven, we scored three. So we went toe-to-toe the whole game. And it was 31-29 to coming into the fourth quarter. And both teams ended up scoring 10. So in a way, we kind of matched each other in every quarter, um, except for the first and third quarter. Um, coming out with a 41-39 lead, and obviously we won, but it shouldn't be a win that we should be excited or crazy about. Right. Um, I mean, they played two quarterbacks. Um, I think it was Brown and Grosel. Um, combined, they threw three, four, almost, I think, over a little bit over 300 yards of four touchdowns and an interception, which isn't horrible, but. Cunningham, I think he had another good game. He threw for 288 yards, a tutty, no interceptions, 13 for 18. I mean, could you ask for better? Yeah, but for Cunningham, just going in with five games under his belt, it's not horrible into the 19th season. It's not horrible. Then Conley, yeah, Conley went in 10 for 16, 140 yards, a tutty, no interceptions. That was good. Hawkins, 25 carries. 172 yards, Tutty. I mean, it was good. Cunningham ran really well. Ran for close to 45 yards and a touchdown. Um, Other than that, Seth Dawkins, 170 receiving yards from six grabs and a touchdown. But I I really don't have anything to take away from that. Um, I mean, the defense, they, they played pretty well. In my opinion, it, um, it was a close game, but in my opinion, he didn't. They didn't do bad of a job. Uh, Blanton Creaky, um, two for three on his field goals. Uh, he had eleven points. Definitely was a core player for the scoreboard. In my opinion, he scored eleven points for us, and as a kicker, that's not bad at all for a game. Um, but by any means, I think this season we can definitely beat Boston College. I just don't see Boston College um, exactly like I said for Wake Forest. We've Statterfield has already played Wake Forest, and he knows what to do. He's already played Miami. He knows what to do. He's already played Boston College. I think he knows what to do now yeah. and what to expect. And yes, it's an away game, but in my opinion. I believe that we can ultimately come out of this with a win. And like I say, with every team, don't look over them. But I I'm honestly think that we can we can come out with this. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, I think last year, didn't Blanton Creaky hit that game-winning field goal? Wasn't it tied and then he hit that, like, 30-something yarder to win the game? Yes, I think okay. so. Okay, because I knew he, I knew he hit at least one of those, and I thought I thought it was versus Boston College, but um, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Um, the only thing that I do want to add, uh, I don't re- I don't know if you remember, it was AJ Dillon, their running back. Yes, um, he was a really good player for them for I think all four years. I think he stayed till he was a senior, and uh, I think he got drafted to the Packers, maybe. I mean, I forgot which team he got drafted to, but he was a really, really solid player. In that right. game, he ran for 22 runs for 118 yards. No touchdowns, but it was 118 yards. Didn't do too horrible. 
But I always remember A.J. Dillon being that one player on that Boston College team that we always had to watch out for. And he we never old. really did great against him. I feel like we never we never matched up great with AJ Dillon. And I think he was I, he really was just a really great back. Yeah, he he was a very well rounded back in my opinion. Um, some parts of his game were just something that Louisville year after year cannot stop. Um, I mean he he he's good and and yeah, I remember now he did get drafted to the Green Bay Packers. And that was in the fourth round, wasn't it? Third or fourth round. I thought. Yes, I think it's third or fourth round. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just – he was always a guy that I liked seeing play because, you know, while while he always tore our defense up, I feel like um, he was just a really strong guy and just – I didn't feel like he had any weak parts of his game, and I thought that was very unique for how, how young he was. Yeah, he he definitely was one of the best game changers. Um on that team, and in my opinion, he was always something that Louisville had to look out for, and yeah, but I believe that Louisville should come out of the game with a dub, and I mean, I wouldn't be really disappointed or shocked if we lost to Boston College. I would kind of say, like, what are we doing, Louisville? But, I mean, at the same time, with any loss, um, you weren't really happy with it, right? Obviously, but with Boston College, it's just one of those teams. They lost AJ Dillon. I really don't see them beating us this year since their offense is pretty pretty uh, well rounded, and the defense has definitely stepped up. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be an interesting game. I don't. I don't really expect it to be close. But I'm like you. I wouldn't be totally shocked if they hung with us for for three or four quarters. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm like you. I think we get out of there with a dub, as as we should. We're we're the more talented team this year. And again, no disrespect to Boston College, but but we that's a game we should be favored in and we should win. Oh yeah, definitely. All right. So the second away game that we've got here is Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech. I mean, we played them. What was it? I think it was in 2018, actually. It was in 2018. They yeah. absolutely pummeled us into the right. ground, obviously. 66 yeah. to 31. We were 2 and 4. And after that game, they were 3 and 3 after that game. And it that was the game that their quarterback had 12 passing yards. Terrence Marshall had 12 passing yards towards us. And the running backs. <laughs> Uh, the quarterback had 23 carries, 175 yards, two touchdowns. Oliver, eight carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Mason, 78 yards, one touchdown. Howard, 58 yards, one touchdown. Seriously, 28 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, I, that was the game that, I mean, the whole NCAA looked at and laughed at us for, and – it was just bad all around. We scored 31 points, but the defense led up 66, which is just inexcusable. Right. And, I mean, that was a home game. To get beat that bad at home was not great at all. And, I mean, it was just inexcusable, in my opinion, for Georgia Tech to be just like that. And Jawan Pass, I remember that game. He had not a bad game at all by any means, and the stats say it at 
have him down on my paper right here. He had 23 throws for 23 out of 35 completed, 299 yards, basically 300, and two touchdowns, no interceptions. So you look at that and you're like, hey, Louisville didn't do too bad on the offensive side. But first quarter, we didn't score anything. Third quarter, we didn't score anything. Um, I mean, second quarter and fourth quarter were the only times we scored. And we scored 17 second quarter, 14 fourth quarter. So the start both halves, we didn't do really good. Um, rushing was just bad all around. Um, receiving, Atwell, four catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns. That's not horrible. Um, now, that was that was freshman Tutu Atwell because, at, yeah, I do want to say, everybody keep in mind that this Georgia Tech game was from 2018. This was not last year. Yeah, definitely not. If we had the team that we have now back then, we would have definitely beat them. For sure. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Um, I mean, guys, I hate to keep bringing up 2018, but uh, some of these games, it's the last time we played their team, so we kind of have to make a reference back to the last time we matched up with them. Um, But – they actually got a new coach since 2018. I forget his name, but I remember that, uh, you know, for the longest time they, they ran that stupid triple option and it just drove teams crazy, especially teams like Louisville in 2018 that just couldn't tackle worth crap. They just didn't really know what they were doing on defense. Linebackers weren't up to par. Nobody was really conditioned well. And that, that was just a nightmare matchup for us. And again, this is in 2018, but, um, you know, Looking forward to this season, they're expected to be on the bottom tier from what I've seen of the ACC teams. Um, they are recruiting well with this new coaching staff, but uh, they haven't really had time to, to quite implant this this new offense and this new defense that they, they fully want um, to be working for them, I guess you could say. If you know what I'm trying to say, like mm-hmm. they just they just don't have everything working right now. Yeah. And that's expected. That's expected with a new a new staff. But this should be a win for us, is the bottom line. Yeah, their new coach, by the way, is Jeff Collins. And Collins, that's right. I forgot his name. Yeah. Um, but the record last year was three nine, I believe. And I just I just don't expect them beating us in my opinion. And yeah, that's basically all I have to say. Yeah, yeah I mean there's not there's not too much to add on my end from that. Uh, I, I don't. Again, I don't want to bash on these guys because they actually are recruiting very well in the past two years. Uh, they have Jeff Sims. I don't know if that name rings a bell for you, James, but um, this mm-hmm. Jeff Sims kid, he's a quarterback, and he was actually a high school All-American, four-star, and he's going to be a freshman this year. I doubt he starts, but it's just something to watch out for for the future. I mean. I always like that, like just to see an in-conference team like that that's kind of been uh, underperforming in the recent years to, to kind of get a guy that could maybe shift their program right uh, in the right direction again. So, you know, good for them. Yeah, I mean, basically any, everything that we take away from Georgia Tech is we, just like Boston College, should be a game that we, will, we uh, should definitely win, in my opinion. Um, again, not trying to bash them, not trying right. to hit on them, but 
definitely a game we should win. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I, really I, all we can say for Georgia Tech. I mean, there's nothing much to say about on this Georgia Tech. I mean, yeah. yeah, it is what it is, and I mean, I think we get a, I think we get a win, but the time will come. Uh, so this third away game that we've got written down here is Pitt. This is maybe the most interesting game on the schedule for me because we mm-hmm. haven't we haven't played them in a while. I don't know the the last the last time we played them. Sorry to interrupt you, no, but go ahead. the last the last time we played them was 2015, wow, and wow. they surprisingly beat us. And when they did, they were eight and three, and we were six and five in 2015. Okay, okay, so yeah, I mean. This is probably the biggest trap game that I see on our schedule, just because. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. Would you agree with that? I mean, yes, definitely, because we haven't played them in a while. Um, I think they're the only team on the schedule that we haven't played in the last few years. Um, I haven't looked at any other team, but I think um, you're right on that. Yeah, I think they're the only team we haven't played within the last two to three years. So the entire roster hasn't played Pitt uh, since 2015, or the, excuse me, the entire um, roster hasn't played Pitt at all. Right. And I haven't. I mean, Pitt—they're not bad at all by any means. When we played them, um, I, I remember they—I think they killed us in the first half. Um, see, trying to remember. Um, it was ten to seven in the first quarter. Second quarter, um, they scored thirty-five points somehow. Wow! And after that, the third and fourth quarter, they combined for three points. They off our offense just couldn't respond to their forty-five or forty-two point lead at halftime. Yeah, that's um, incredible. It was twenty-eight to forty-two. We we just couldn't respond. We only got ten points in the third and fourth quarter alone. So I think if we uh, play this team, I mean, they had Nathan Peterman as their quarterback when yeah, we last played them, and we had Kyle Bolin and Lamar Jackson. It was Lamar Jackson's freshman year, right? Freshman year, yeah. First first time hitting the field. So I mean. They had Nathan Peterman at their quarterback last time. There's nothing really to look on the last time we played them. It, it, like you said, in my opinion, this is one of the biggest trap games that we have. Um, I have nothing much to say about Pitt except that we definitely have to be – we have to be in our bag this game, definitely. And I know that Pitt has been pretty uh, – nah. Sorry, successful. Um, I know they've been somewhat successful, in my opinion. Um, I mean, their uniform colors are good. That's about all I can say about them. Uh, Um, I don't know if you've heard of their quarterback. It's Kenny Pickett, I believe. Is he still there? Kenny Pickett? Yeah, it's Kenny Kenny Pickett. I think he's going to be a junior or senior this year. Yeah, I think that's – I think that's – yeah. Yeah, I I think he's an upperclassman. I can't I can't exactly remember. Some people seem to think he's going to be really good. So that that's kind of interesting to me, just because like he's not getting the the hype of like Derek King or you know Sam Howell or Trevor Lawrence or any of those guys. But 
I keep seeing, you know, posts and reports like on Twitter and just things here and there that make me think like, hey, this this picket kid could be he could be a real weapon. You know, he could be sneaky good. And I don't want to I don't want to go into that game not preparing for a, a, a good quarterback and then have him three or excuse me, have him throw like 350 yards on us, you know. Yeah, they went eight and five last season, so definitely not horrible. No, um, not not, not Duke or Georgia Tech level, but definitely not the Virginia or Virginia Tech or Clemson level that or North Carolina level that um, we might be playing next year in the ACC. But Pittsburgh um, went four and four in the conference. They're four and three home and three and two away, so they definitely don't play bad away or at home. Last year they did at least, um, but there's nothing much that I can say about them. Again, we haven't played them since 2015, so yeah. out of any game that we play this year that's on schedule, um, depending on how all this virus stuff goes down, um, I, I think this is the biggest trap game. We really have our have to have our heads on right for this game because no one knows what they bring to the table. I mean, film is one thing that we might be able to look at, but uh, I have no idea what kind of offense they run. Um, I know the quarterback you named, uh, I know he's not bad at all. And overall, Pittsburgh is just going to be one of those games that we have to know what we're doing because Louisville fans haven't been at a Louisville versus Pittsburgh game, at least in football, since 2015. So... Definitely yeah. keep our eyes out for this game. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I haven't really watched too much film or anything for Pitt, but just like I said, based on reports I've seen and like some projected standings and some stuff like that, like Pitt is not going to be a bad team by any means. Um, I just don't, I just don't know enough about them to really like give a full breakdown, I guess. But either way, I think we can both agree it's going to be a, it's a trap game. I think we're we're definitely going to be favored in there, but you know it. They're going to hang with us. This is a team that that is going to try to take this game down to the wire, and they're gonna they're gonna be right there in the fourth quarter when we're trying to seal the deal. Definitely, and they're not a bad program at all. I know that they've won um, nine national championships. Wow! And I, I, not recently, but I know in the past, and right. um. I know that their biggest rivals are North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, um, which are all in the ACC. Um, but in my opinion, Pitt is just um, – it's not a bad program at all. They definitely can get a player that's really good. Um, it, I mean, programs as a whole is not bad. So we definitely have to keep our heads on swivel this game. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be a fun game. That's, I don't think there's too much else that we can really elaborate on for for that pit game. It's going to be a fun one. Um, but yeah, the the main takeaway from from that matchup that I see, the only thing I can think is trap game. Just keeps running through my head. That that's the trap game. There's a trap game every season for every team, and I think Pitt's going to be. I think that's the trap game for us this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. Uh, the fourth away game that we've got on our schedule here is Notre Dame. Uh, you mentioned having some family that are Notre Dame fans, so I'll let you take the lead on that one because you probably know a little bit more about their roster than I do. 
Yeah. Um, Notre Dame, I mean, this is one of the toughest games that we play in the season. Notre Dame is probably one of the most well-rounded teams that we're going to play, especially since it's an away game. I think I have it on my board as the toughest game we play. Um, I'd agree with that. I think it is the toughest game that we play, in my opinion, Um, because I believe the teams are more well-rounded, are at home, so we have home field advantage. Fans are not. They're in our house. Um, But, I mean, other than Virginia and Notre Dame are away games. I wouldn't call them cake, but they're not too hard. Um, But Notre Dame – First game last year, we Louisville as Louisville fans, and I think you can agree with me on this. We had no idea what to expect of our team. I mean, I knew that we were going to get a good head coach because um, before the season, I got to go to his camp and everything, and he he's the real deal. At the moment when I shook his hand, talked to him, and I talked to the tight end and defensive end coach. That's positions I play, D-line coach, um, they're definitely the real deal. I mean, when I went to the camp previous year and the year before that, before that, they, I mean, Petrino just did not put any effort into talking to anybody. He he wasn't really a happy guy. He just said hi hi and gave like a life lesson and left. Um, It was really up to the, our uh, like trainers and stuff. To teach the kids, but um, so before you continue, you said Katrina was at that Notre Dame camp. No, I was at the Louisville camp. Okay, gotcha. Okay, <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't at the Notre Dame camp. No. Okay, because you mentioned you mentioned earlier those like some D two coaches and stuff going to that Notre Dame camp. So I just wondered, like, was this a like a national thing? Oh yes, the uh, Notre Dame camp. You have to sign up for it and. You get to stay overnight. There's a limited capacity, obviously, because they can't right. they can't put three thousand kids in the right. dorms yes. there and on the field. So um, either you have to sign up quick or you have to be accepted. And me and my cousin were blessed enough to go. And um, it was colleges like Wabash and um, I think Kentucky Wesleyan was there, which my dad went to. But nice. um, D two. Some of those coaches, I think they had like one or two D1 coaches from like smaller D1 schools, but I'm getting off track. But anyway, um, Notre Dame, <laughs> let's talk about Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame on my board, toughest game this season, in my opinion, away in um, one of, if not the be- most beautiful campus in the country by far. Um I mean, you're just swept by the history of Notre Dame when you walk into there. When we played them last year, um, I think you can agree with me on this. We had no idea what we were going to do. Um, again, I said when I talked to Coach Coach Satterfield, um, I knew that he was the real deal. Um, I've played for a lot of football coaches, and it, it really doesn't matter how young you are. You know that you can trust your coach. Even if you're in eighth or seventh grade, you know you can trust your coach. And he was what he's yeah. doing. Um, uh, he he definitely, in my opinion, is one of the best coaches we've had in recent memory. Um, oh, yeah. In my opinion, one of the most devoted. Uh, the previous two from him, and I'm not trying to bash it on, but Strong and Petrino just weren't committed to Louisville, um, in my opinion. I mean, it was Petrino's second time here, and then Strong, 
I don't know what happened there at all. Um, we could talk about that on another podcast, but right. today we're talking about just the schedule. Um, anyway, Notre Dame last year t- were tied fourteen to fourteen in um, first quarter, and I did not expect that at all. I expected them to put twenty eight on us and we get a field goal in first quarter and call it a game, uh, just of what we did the year prior, but. Um, I mean, we showed out, in my opinion, from going from two and ten to contending with the number fifteen ranked team in the nation at the time. Right, and they um, were coming off a of playoff berth. I mean, uh, keep in mind they they just lost to Clemson the previous year in the, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I, I really, uh, I really believe that that game showed me that we kind of were on track, even though we lost thirty five to seventeen. And I was like, hey. We can compete with top teams. And, um, I mean, 14-14 first quarter. Then they scored a touchdown, scored seven points in three straight quarters. We couldn't keep it up. We only we didn't score in the second or third quarter. We got a field goal in the fourth quarter. Ian Book, 193 yards, touchdown, 14 for 23. Jawan Pass, 12 for 27, 134 yards. But that's it. Um Hawkins, 19 carries, 122 yards. That was just based off of last year. So this year, um, looking ahead, uh, I don't know what to expect um, at all versus Notre Dame because, honestly, I don't know if Notre Dame has regressed or progressed. I know the Louisville's definitely progressed. um, But in my opinion, I just don't know if Louisville – uh, can pull off a win. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if we lost. Um, I'd be a bit more surprised if we beat them, but not as surprised. I think it could go both ways. Um, I honestly think this is one of the toughest matchups, but not hard on any degree. I think we can definitely um, get a dub here. Um their roster, it's Notre Dame. Obviously, they can recruit a lot of kids. Um, they're not a bad roster by any means. I think Ian Book is slept on. I think Ian Book is a good quarterback. Um, Ian Book, uh, Malik Cunningham is going to be a good uh, shootout to watch, in my opinion. Both teams have good receivers. Um well, I'll take it back. I think Chase Claypool left them. He got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, in my opinion, takeaways from this, I see a really close game, possibly the closest game, maybe. Um, for an away game, it's one of the toughest away games I think we've had in a bit. Um, definitely in Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, all that I have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think this game could easily go either way. I wouldn't be shocked if we lost, and I wouldn't be shocked if we won. Obviously, I hope that we win this game because I think this could really be um, a staple in the in the Satterfield era and kind of put the college football world on, on notice, I guess. Like, you know, hey, Satterfield's here. He's at Louisville. Like, eyes on us now because we just took down Notre Dame. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm with you. I think I think we have the right guy because 
like you said, we'll we'll talk a little bit about this in a, another episode at some point. But you know, compared to Strong and um, Coach Bobby Petrino, like I just think he's a lot more devoted. And you mentioned meeting him uh, at a camp, right, Coach Satterfield? Yes. Okay, because because I I never got the chance to meet Petrino, but I actually went to a football camp and shoot, what was it? I think it was last summer. Uh, like right when Satterfield and the staff got hired and just looking around, um, you know, with Satterfield and, and coach Gunter Brewer, uh, Stu Holt, the tight ends coach, and just all these guys, like it, it was very apparent. It was very evident that we, we got the right crew for what we're trying to accomplish. Like they very much, they very much care about the kids and um, you know, they care about, I think they care about more than football. I think they care about your character and, uh, you as a man so you know to me to me that's important just because like you know maybe maybe it doesn't really affect you on the field but uh, just consciously it's good for me to know as a fan that that our players are getting the right treatments for life after football but yeah definitely and what you said was absolutely true they do care about life after football and they definitely are raising these young kids um, as men in the future i mean you're you're talking about college kids i mean yeah they're they're supposed to have a lot of responsibilities and they do they have a lot of weight on their back i mean some of them they got to work they got to go to class and they want to play football at the same time they set their priorities they make sure their schedules are right and um when i talk to these coaches they really taught us and talked to us a lot and they talked to a lot of guys individually um, during the camp and were like, hey, you, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I compared that camp to the camp I went to prior, and it just seemed like they're really invested in whoever they talk to. It doesn't even matter if it's one of their players or just a kid who paid $150 to come to the camp and do the combine and then do some routes and stuff. They do teach them some – good lessons not only for football but after football and I mean I hate to rant on about this but they they really I believe they got the perfect coaches and they're exactly what we needed our team really needed some love and they needed somebody to care for them especially after that 2018 season yeah and and there were sorry to cut you off but I mean there were reports out there that just said Katrina was like borderline mentally abusive to these kids and just like that just doesn't really sit right with me because, like, for I, I see a coach as, like, a father figure. So, you know, like, I just definitely. can't saying that type of thing. But continue. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm just going to go off what you said. Some of these kids grew up without a father figure, um, and it doesn't matter what race they are. Some kids just come up without a father figure, mother figure, just come up without a family in total. And I remember the first thing that um, – the offensive uh, line coach said Ledford. Yeah. Ledford. I remember the first thing he said, or he was either him or somebody else. Um, no, it was a linebackers coach. Um, forgot his name. Oh, let's see. Was this last year? Because last year it was Dale Jones, I believe. Yeah, last year. Okay, twenty nineteen. Dale Dale Jones, I think. Um, from- yeah, yeah, older guy. Yeah, yeah, that's him. I remember the first thing he said. He said, um. 
you know, not a lot of people, he walked up to the, all of the kids kneeled together and he said, not a lot of people would have wanted to take this job, but this crew wanted to, and we love these people. And I was like, wow, like I knew that Petrino didn't have this love and I hate to bring up 2018 season, but I kind of have to. Yeah. I just, I just remember. Yeah, it's, it's only fair. It's only. Sorry to cut you off again, but it's only fair when we're talking about this coaching staff. I mean, it's only fair to compare them to the 2018 staff. I mean, it's just, it's a 180. We made a total difference. Yeah. Um. And I remember the first thing he said. He said, "You know, not a lot of people want to coach this team. A lot of people think this team's just in a hole that no one can bring out, but." I love yeah. this team and I love it just like my family is and we're gonna come we're gonna complete this together and we're gonna come together as a family. And I was like, Wow, like this is exactly what Louisville needed and I was like, as a fan, like that's good to know. I'm reassured that these kids are gonna be taken care of and like I'm gonna know that they have the coaches that they need, not only for football season, like yeah, we're gonna have a decent team this year. I already knew from the start we're going to have a solid team from how the coaches care, but they're going to be really good men after this. And I believe these men can go far places with these guys. And I remember the interview that, or the um, documentary about the Louisville team. I remember the linebackers coach, he said, "This we got to come together as a family. And I remember Satterfield saying that you all need love and I believe that because I think Satterfield treated him like crap. I mean, I think he treated him like trash, in my opinion. You mean you mean Petrino? Or Petrino? Yes, he yeah, Petrino. Just, yeah. um, <laughs> it's kind of confusing, but Petrino he definitely treated him like trash, in my opinion, and I believe that. Yeah, they definitely needed somebody yeah. to love him. Yeah, and and we got a little bit of we got kind of sidetracked there, but I think that's definitely something that we could kind of dive into in another episode at some point but yeah those are just snippets that i have i mean yeah. i have i probably have a whole oh yeah we could, for it. I, I definitely do for sure we could talk about this mm-hmm. coaching staff for an hour but um but yeah uh sorry everybody we got a little bit sidetracked there um so f- final thoughts on notre dame here just as we as we wrap up we've got one one final team um i think it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game i expect it to be the best game of the season and I'll just say, if we if we beat the Irish, that's I think that's almost like a program changing game. Uh, it's a big recruitment draw, and and like I said, it's a staple in the Satterfield era. So, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the the final away game here as we close. It's the Virginia game. Um, they lose a lot of talent. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Uh, they lost Bright Bryce Perkins, their quarterback, for four years or three years. Um, he was a really, really skilled college player. Um, they're they're coached well by Coach Mendenhall, uh, Bron- Bronco Mendenhall, right? That's mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, but you know, I'll I'll let you say what you want to say about about the Cavaliers. But in my opinion, this should this should be a pretty significant win for us. Yeah, just like the Notre Dame game. To some uh, colleges, being Notre Dame isn't huge like Alabama or Clemson, but for Louisville, for having the season we did last year, just on the come up, um, 
I mean, this is that that would be a staple in the Satterfield area era. Um, I mean, through all the virus and stuff, it's going to be hard to yeah, for sure. win games in that, especially Virginia. Uh, when we played them last season, we beat them uh, by a touchdown. Uh, we had we were behind. Um, we were tied in the third quarter, I believe, and then we just put on the gas and we won 28 to 21 and they were 24th. They were ranked 24th at the time, I believe. Uh, Perkins, 233 yards, touchdown pick, uh, 24-31. Um, other than that, the offense wasn't too splashy. Their running back at Talapapa, uh, <laughs> that was always a funny name when the announcer said that. He had 11 carries for 54 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, other than that, I mean, there wasn't too much. On the Louisville side, Cunningham had 126 yards, not pretty. But he had a touchdown, six throws out of ten completed. Um, not horrible by any means, but, I mean, not phenomenal. Um, rushing, it was more of our rushing game that kind of won the game for us, in my opinion. Um Hawkins, 28 carries, 136 yards and two touchdowns. Cunningham, 97 yards and a touchdown. Um, other than that, though, Atwell, 122 yards, catch, touchdown. Defense yep. played pretty well, pretty uh, splendid, I, w- I shall say. Um, Creaky, he missed the field goal, but he got three points for the game. Uh, it was just a back-and-forth game. Uh it was just depending on whoever. Yeah, made I mean, it, it was a fun game. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and before before we continue, uh, just to the audience, I did step outside real quick. So if you're hearing like cars in the background, my my room just got like super hot, so I had to get outside. But <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that I don't know if you were you at that game by chance, James? No, okay. I was not. Because was that it was at Louisville, wasn't it? It was at Cardinal Stadium. Yeah. And that, that game actually had a pretty good attendance number. The the weather, it was very windy and uh by halftime there was I mean it basically rained for the entire second half. Um but again we adjusted well to that. I think, you know, our offense is very well built to um, be able to adjust just with JV and Hawkins and, you know, all the weapons that we have. I mean, the, we just have so many different things that we can do in order to score. So that obviously helped us. But, um, you know, Virginia, that was not a bad team. Like, we got to keep that in mind. Last year, they were they were ranked. I think they finished ranked, and they played in the, they played in the conference championship, and they lost to Clemson. Uh, but, you know, Bryce Perkins and Bronco Mendenhall, they, they put together a really strong season together. Yeah, um, Bronco Mendenhall, he, he was a very great player. Um, I don't have much to say on Mendenhall, but it, the game last year was close, and I think I expect it to be close this year as well. Um, yes, they lost a lot of talent, but Virginia is a solid program. Um, you can never, ever sleep on Virginia. They're usually a fairly well-rounded team. And, um, yeah, I mean, when we played them, they were ranked. And just because we beat them last year doesn't mean we'll beat them this year. 
Um, I think we've seen that yeah, a lot not at with all. the Kentucky game. So, uh, do I expect us to win? Yes, but not by a lot. I think by a touchdown, maybe. Um, could be the same scores last year. Honestly, I mean, there. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot of scoring. The defense has played pretty solid. It, Twenty-one to twenty-eight. It was just a plain yeah. score, but. Would I be surprised if we lost? No, it's Virginia. They're not that bad at all. They're really, really solid. Um, one of the better games we play, probably top four in my opinion. Um, take it from here. That's about yeah. all. Yeah, and it's say. it's never easy. It's it's never easy when you lose a quarterback like they're losing Perkins, and especially so much for their program. Like that's not that's not an easy like setback. To, to come and instantly, like, improve your team. Uh, especially for a team like Virginia that isn't really known. They're really more of a basketball school, which is fine for what it is. I mean, they're, they're typically a little bit better at basketball. And, you know, I, I think that's just – that just kind of proves uh, the coaching job that, that they have going there. And I think I, – I just think it's a very well-put-together program for now. Um, but anyway, back to back to next year – or this season's game. I'm with you. I think I think we probably should win this game. Um, don't be shocked if they hang with us for, for a few quarters. But at the end of the day, I think we're more, we're more talented. We talked about this in the beginning of the episode. There's some teams in the ACC that, you know, no disrespect to them, but we're we're just more talented than them, you know. Mm-hmm. Far. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, and and like we said, no disrespect to those teams, but like, you know, Syracuse and um, shoot, I mean, Virginia is usually one of those teams. I mean. You know, there's too much else to be said. Yeah, that that's about all I have to say about Virginia, in my opinion. Um, it's just one of those games that we're just going to keep our heads on a swivel, and I believe that we can win this. Um, there's a good percentage, good chance that we can win this game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we won or lost either, either way. Same, same thing with Notre Dame or Florida State. Um or Virginia Tech. I think those four games could go both ways, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we match up fairly well to both teams, in my opinion, um, especially on the offensive side. I think our offense is outstanding. Uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a quick question for you uh, just before we close up here involving the offense. Um, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier in the week. Would, you, would this surprise you? Would this offense – would it surprise you if we – into the season, at, like ranked as the number one offense in the ACC, above Clemson, above Miami with Derek King and all the speed they have with their uh, r- running back room and just all the weapons that we have uh, that we have to face across the conference. Would would it really surprise you if if Louisville came out as the best offense in the ACC? Um, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if we were. So no. It would not surprise me to answer your question. Um, obviously, Clemson is the number one quarterback in the national, like, like all colleges, in my opinion. Trevor yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. He's the best quarterback in college football right now. 
Uh, I mean, Justin Fields, some say he's better, but I mean, look who has the ring, man. Like, right. Yeah. Lawrence, I... Lawrence and you can't say that, oh, Lawrence is on Clemson. He, he's on a better team. Like, Ohio State is almost as good as Clemson. And you could have made the case that Ohio State was better last year, but yeah, you, know. you could have, um, honestly. And I mean, they have Ryan Day. It, that's their coach, correct? Yes, Ryan Day. Okay. Ryan Day is their coach since the other guy left. <laughs> yeah, Urban, but, it was Urban Meyer, and then straight to yeah, Ryan Day. I, I really don't want to get into all that this podcast. Um, yeah, right, right. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're ranked better than Clemson or Miami or Wake Forest. You can't sleep on Wake Forest's no. offense. And it's don't forget about North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina with that. Sam Howell. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. yeah they, there's going to be some really, really good offenses across the conference this year. And everybody's sleeping on the ACC, saying it's the weakest conference. I mean, we've had a couple down years. I will say the ACC has had a couple years where we could have definitely been better. But but this year, just I think Miami's really going to be competing again. Florida State's on the rise. UNC's on the rise. Louisville's getting back to where they should be. Clemson, I mean, there's just – I mean, we have so much more depth in the conference this year. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and the amount of, like, teams that aren't good at all, like, I hate to say it, but the amount of teams that aren't good at all, um, they're just dropping because the right. ACC as a total is getting better. And I yeah. can see how big SEC fans are saying, oh, the ACC's trash, or the Pac-12, it's, it's so much worse than the Pac-12 or Big Ten. And my opinion is, well, the power, the power five schools, if we were the worst, then, I mean, why would the SEC teams want to play ACC teams? Yeah, right. So, in my opinion, to answer your question, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all because Cunningham, he's a doc. I wouldn't say he is Lamar, but – I mean, sometimes I see resemblances of him. Um, I definitely can see him having some Heisman uh, moments. Uh, yes, I said that Malik Cunningham can have some Heisman moments. Yeah. Um, for some viewers or listeners saying, oh, what the heck, James, what did you just say? Yes, you heard me right. Um I really, really think that he might have a shot at being a Heisman finalist. I mean, he's get, he definitely has to have his head on right and the cards have to play out correctly. But if everything yeah. lines up, I definitely think he has the tools to come bring it together. And, I mean – You know, maybe, at least be a finalist maybe. Just, just yeah, make a trip just to New make, York. Yeah, make a trip to New York. I mean, go up there on stage, sit next to the whoever wins – I don't think he will win, but he could be a finalist. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Trevor Lawrence, obviously better than Cunningham, but I have Cunningham ranked as the third best quarterback in the ACC right now behind Sam Howell, yeah. obviously, and Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I would agree with um, that. I'd put Derek King right behind him. Yeah. I, I just haven't seen Derek King in the ACC yet. I don't know where to put him, if you can – see where I'm coming from. And it, he's been playing against, you know, 
he's been playing, you know, no disrespect to those teams, but he's been playing against like C- Central Florida, for example, yeah. for three years. So now that mm-hmm. he's got to face Clemson and UNC and Louisville, you know, where what's what's going to happen? Yeah, um, I, I just I honestly think our offense could be much better. I mean, Hawkins, he's probably the best running back in the ACC behind Travis yeah. Etienne. Um, and I think you can make the case for Tutu being the best receiver, the best receiver in the ACC. In my opinion, he is. I mean, yeah. Sage is good, but, um, I mean, he, he's obviously taller than Atwell, but Atwell, you just can't get past. Right, and there's just so many, there's just so many things that Atwell can do because, you know, we use him almost as that, like, slasher position where yes. sometimes we, we keep him out, you know, in the backfield and he, he runs a jet sweep or something. Mm-hmm. Just we just get so creative with with him in the backfield, or just just having him as an option is such a luxury for any offense, in my opinion. Yeah, and it kind of rem- reminds me of some NFL teams that added speedster wide receivers to their roster. I mean, you can name them; it opens up their offense. I'll make an example: the Raiders' offense. I mean, I hate to be hypocritical because I'm a Raiders fan, but I mean, they added Henry Ruggs. I think it's exactly right. what they needed. And just like our offense has Louisville, um, I mean, we have Tutu Atwell, in my opinion, the best receiver in the ACC. Um, I mean, he just does things in his skill set, in his box of magic tricks that no other receiver can do, in my opinion, or at least that I haven't seen personally on film right. or mm-hmm. in games against us or in the ACC, in my opinion. Um, I mean, some Clemson receivers, I, I, I just can't see it. And, and I would not be surprised at all if we have the best offense. I mean, Justin right. Ross, yeah, he's good. But now, Justin Ross didn't isn't he out for the season? Didn't he have some sort of yeah, knee injury? Justin Ross okay. is out for the season, but right. Um, okay. But last season, I, they were toe to toe in my opinion. Justin Ross had a good right. um, season down the stretch, but um, definitely, I think Tutu Atwell will be the key factor. Um, Seth Dawkins is a senior this year, correct? I believe. Actually, I think Seth. I think Seth graduated. Actually. Oh yeah, I remember. I forgot which receiver it is. It's a senior. Um, it's Des. Des senior. Des Patrick. Yep. Um, I think he's a very solid companion or duo with uh, Atwell, and mm-hmm. I really think that that duo could be one of the best in the nation for receiving. Oh yeah, and our running back room is pretty solid. Hassan Hall behind um, Javian Hawkins, he's an, that's not a bad backup at all. Given that Hassan Hall is going to be a junior this year, I believe. So um, Hall is a really good player to have. Um, quarterback room again. Um, we just got a commit, which we might want to save for another podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, I was just about to say, we don't want to get too deep into this stuff. Yeah, but. Uh, we got to save it for other podcasts. Um, yeah. But we're just giving little sneak peeks of next podcast, guys. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, our quarterback room is not bad at all. Probably one of the best well-rounded ones. Uh, Cunningham, very decent pass. I'm surprised he hasn't left Louisville already. Um, 
I think we've given up on them. I hope we have. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, past fans. Yeah. Puma fans, I'm sorry, but. And I I'm, love the kid. I, I yeah. love Puma Pass. P- Puma Pass he is just, good He kid. never showed up. Yeah, he, he never brought his A game as much as Cunningham did or Evan Conley. Evan Conley is, in my opinion, a great backup. Um, I think he's, yeah, I mean, sorry to cut you off there, but I, I think he's a game manager, like we talked about earlier. He's mm-hmm. not going to win you a game, and he's not going to lose you a game. Yeah. But, and he, you know, I, I say that, but I, then I just thought back to that Wake Forest. He he definitely won us that game. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, yeah, I, I like our QB room. Yeah, um, Evan Conley, a little bit to uh, elaborate more on him. Uh, some game-managing quarterbacks are just, you know, pocket quarterbacks. But not in this case. I think he's one of the most well-rounded backup quarterbacks uh, in the ACC uh, for a backup. And, I mean, the kid can run. I mean, you saw him in the Wake Forest game, that walk-off touch. Yeah, he's got wheels. Yeah, he's definitely got some wheels. And uh, I think his decision-making has improved, especially in that Wake Forest game, Um, especially when he took the ball and didn't hand it off to his receiver um, or running back. I forgot which one Yeah, on that one I play. Was, I think it was Hawkins. It was an option play. Yeah, the option play in fourth and one or fourth and three, I forgot. Um, I think his decision-making uh, has improved a lot. He's a really good backup. I'm glad we have him. But Yeah, um, for sure. And, and again, this is, this is stuff we could dedicate a whole episode to at some point. Um, just breaking down the roster. I did see that there was a, a projected depth chart that, that came out recently. So maybe that's something we could kind of analyze at some point. But one more thing, just while we're talking about these players, um, we talked about the running back room with uh, Javian Hawkins and Hassan Hall. There is a – I think he's a freshman, maybe a sophomore. Oh, um, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Is it Jalen Mitchell? I think it is, yeah. It, yeah. It's something like that, but he is not to be slept on. He No, he's not, not at all. At all. He's well-rounded. I, yeah, I should and, say he's actually pretty well-rounded. Yeah, and he's he's a young guy, and uh, I don't know if you follow many like Louisville sports writers, but there's this guy named Jody Dimling, and I, I've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, says, he says this kid is 18 years old and is in practice literally running linebackers over. Like – you mentioned like some of our veteran linebackers would just get plowed by this teenage kid. And I'm like, that's you know, what I read. man, when, when Hassan Hall and Javian Hawkins are playing on Sundays one day, like, like I think we have a gym in this Jalen Mitchell kid. Like it, I just hear he's a total truck. Yeah, and he's a and I love those. I, I love guys like that. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he could open up a lot of opportunities for us, especially when Hawkins or Hassan Hall get hurt. Um, we won't be totally screwed and we won't have to go to plan B or plan C or D. I think he's yeah. going to be one of those backs as, um, Jody Mitchell stated. I mean, he sounds like a wrecking ball type of guy and, uh, like a bell cat, a cowbell. And I, I think he's going to be a really good asset to our offense. Yeah, and and don't forget about Aiden Robbins. I mean, mm-hmm. he's another guy. Uh, he's a Kentucky kid, and he's – I mean, I just think our running back room is – you know, I think we have more star power at receiver just with uh, Dez and Tutu. But I think our running back room is probably one of the best in the country just all around and, like, considering depth 
and star power and just diversity and all. I think, I mean, you know, I hate to keep saying this, but we can talk about it if, at a different time. But I think this offense is going to be really, really good. Yeah, I definitely do. And <laughs> I hate to say it, but I don't. I think we're gonna to have to save that for like a whole nother podcast. Oh yeah, the yeah, we are. We, we the more I talk, the more ideas we get. Yeah, we can't we can't keep talking, dude. We're gonna we're gonna be going on two hours or something. Jeez, but, yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll close with this. I do have a few a few final questions for you, just involving the schedule. Uh, sorry, everybody, we got off we got off track a little talking about the roster there. Our our apologies for that. Um, but. You, you mentioned no UNC and no Clemson yes. on the roster. Mm-hmm. No so, UNC, no Clemson. Do you – I guess my question is, do you wish we played one of those teams? Because, you know, part of me is like, you know, I would have loved to play UNC considering the hype that they have right now. But it's, at the same time, looking at the schedule up and down, we have a really good chance to go 9-1 and one or 10-0. and 0. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, would you – is there anybody that you, you wish you saw on that schedule? Honestly, um, I'm fine with not playing UNC or Clemson. But um, for the record uh, as a whole, but if for the sake of the record, I'm glad we're not playing them, obviously. I guess I was trying to say. But at the same time, you're going to get all the SEC and Big Ten fans like, oh, well, Louisville hasn't played UNC or Clemson and that's the only inconfident we're going to play in conference games because of the virus and right. blah, blah, blah. Like Louisville, if we do get ranked, which I think we will because of our record, we might get a good record. Uh, they don't deserve it. They, they ain't played nobody. Like it doesn't matter if we've played UNC or Clemson or not because we still have, I mean, Notre Dame. I mean, you could arguably compare that. To Clemson, definitely. Well, I would, definitely. I would rank Notre Dame above UNC. Oh well, yeah, definitely. I was saying Clemson, yeah. but definitely over U- UNC. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean Virginia Tech and FSU, um, team like that, uh, and we still have one non-conference game. I mean that you said earlier, you might want to bring that up later on in the podcast. Um, it's Western Kentucky, but. One team that it's, I, right, yeah. it's right, right. It, it's going to be Western Kentucky. Yeah. Um. One team that I really, really was hoping would be in the conversation was Cincinnati. Just to just for rivalry purposes, for the yep. uh, Kega Nails, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Kega, Kega Nails. Nails. I mean that rivalry is just so fun. But uh, oh yeah. I mean, I don't think their conference is allowing it. Um. Are they allowing it? Well, I don't know if – let's see. They're in the American, right? Yes. American Conference? Yeah. I don't think the Americans come out with anything yet. Yeah. But based on everything like Louisville insiders and sports writers are saying, it's almost like 99% going to be Western Kentucky, even if Cincinnati wants to play us. I don't know I don't know why. It's probably like a, mon- a money thing, and honestly, it's it's probably just easier that way. But yeah, cause, as long as we have football, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, me neither. And I, I don't think it's about money at all because it's WKU, and obviously they're a good party school. Uh, I have some friends that go there, and I have, some teammate, I have a teammate going there, and he's a really nice kid. And um, But – I know a lot of kids from the Louisville area that choose to go to WKU, whether it's for partying or 
the major they want is a WKU or it's maybe cheaper somehow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It could be, a, it's a list of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those deals that like that, but I honestly don't think it's for money. Um, Murray state, um, I don't know if, because I've heard Murray state, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to play them. I'd rather play WKU because that's a, I mean, it's not it's just a bigger game. Yeah. It's I just mean, a bigger game. Um, I forgot where Murray State is located. Um, I think it's in western Kentucky yeah. somewhere. I don't really think it's – sorry about that. I don't really think it's too far from western, like the university. Yeah. Uh, I know they're both in state, I believe. Um, yeah, they are. They're both Kentucky Yeah, schools. they're both Kentucky school, schools. But um, I, I think the school would just much rather have WKU because it's much more competition and there's more money to be made because, as I said, I mean, not only are they party school, some of them support Louisville a lot more than Kentucky. And, um, I mean, I think it's just more revenues to be made from WKU fans than Murray State fans, whether it's at home or away. But it, and I'm pretty sure we'll play it at home. Yeah, and I'm – you know, I'm like you. I I would have loved to play Cincinnati just because of rivalry purposes. Like, if you think about it, the last time we played Cincinnati was like in the Bridgewater days. Yeah. So like, it was 2012, that, like, 2013, something like that. Yeah, in that area. So just the fact that like guys like Lamar never got to play against Cincinnati, like that's kind of you know, I wish he got to play them, but at the same time, you know, it, it's not really that big of a deal, but. It is what it is, and, you know, like we just said, I'm not going to complain as long as we have a season. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> that's what I have to say. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, that's really that's really all there is, but, um, yeah, so everybody, I mean, James, if you don't have anything else to add, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure being on here. I mean, yep. listeners, you should catch me being on here more often than – I didn't do too bad of a job today, so. No, that was good. Um, so, guys, just so everybody knows, um, James has – James DM'd me uh, pretty early after I – like, probably after my first episode, um, asking, you know, we should probably – we should get together and do something. And we talked about it for a while, and we actually – we've kind of been scheduling it for, like, a week or so. And today's the first day we've actually been able to do it. So, yeah, I thought it was a good time. James, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've talked about it before, but I think we definitely got to get going on this. If, if there's a week here or there that, you know, you can't be on, that's fine. But anytime you want to be on, just shoot me a DM and we'll make it happen. Yeah, because I know as a creator, like, sometimes you need help from some other people. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's just good to – it's just good to get people in here and just start conversation and – kind of get a second opinion get get some conversation going and you know i i feel like this episode has been a lot better than anything else and in my opinion and i haven't even listened to it again but yeah yeah, it is what it is Mm -hmm. um so yeah everybody uh like i said this is the fourth episode of the locked on louisville podcast i do want to say before i i uh, finish this episode um I apologize if if any of the audio was kind of messed up at the end. I had to I had to step out of my house. It just got way too hot in there. Um, also, last week's episode, the third episode, I heard it got kind of messed up. 
I don't exactly know how that happened, but I'm going to look into it tonight. I'll see if I can fix it, but I heard it got, like, shortened somehow. I'm not really sure how to explain it, but don't worry about that. Um, it's a it's an old episode anyway. Uh, I'll look into it, and if I can't fix it, it's fine. Not a big deal. We'll keep making episodes, and we'll keep having fun. Uh, I am going to I'm gonna tag James in my, my bio uh, for this episode of the podcast. Uh, he'll be on here again for sure. Everybody make sure to give him a follow. Um, and that's that's all I got, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a good week. James, thanks again, man. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Yep, you too.